one and only Matt Dickstein. Matt, say hey to the people. What's up, the people? <laughs> um, so I met Matt um, probably last year, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. If not earlier. And uh, did I meet you at the Thunderdome, which we'll definitely get into? Yeah. What that is? Yes. Cool. So, um, Matt, ever since I moved to Atlanta, Matt has been a really good friend of mine. He's, um, I, any film questions that I have, I either ask him or, uh, Nathan usually. And, uh, this guy's super talented, but, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just get into what you do, man. Like, uh, what got you into filmmaking? Um, there was never a time that I wasn't into filmmaking. I always loved movies. I didn't know that I wanted to make films, um, but I knew that I liked films. But I mean, even then, early like like it was like eight years old that I was like, oh, I want to do that. Um, and it was actually like um, for like most of my childhood, I couldn't get past the first scene of Jaws, um, and I tried several times. I was like, I gotta see this movie. People like it. Um, and then finally when I finished it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want to, I want to make Jaws for the rest of my life. Um, cause it's, it's like, it's funny and it's scary and it's, it's, it's at its core. It's about a guy who's just trying to do the best job he can do or whatever. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite movie, but it's, it's the movie that got me into wanting to make films, um, I mean, Bruce is on your iPhone wallpaper, so that's got to say something, right? Yeah, and I've got, I, you probably can't see, um, I don't I don't really do, like, pops. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, even though I can see in the corner, I've got a couple pops. Those are Blade Runner pops, which is my other, uh, definitely my favorite movie. But I, I do yeah. have the Jaws Funko Pop. I was, like, at Target, I was like, yeah, I got to get that. So That's awesome. Uh, what, are, what are some other movies that's, really inspired you um apocalypse now is probably up there top top 10 top five maybe um 2001 a space odyssey i really love like kubrick i love i love like the kind of the golden age i think i think the 70s is like considered like the golden age of film and, and a lot of films in that area. And then, I mean, like, the 80s. And even, like, like people say, like, they don't make films like they used to. And, and that's fine to say that. But, I mean, they're still making amazing films. Like, like just last year, The Lighthouse or Midsummer, or, you know, a bunch of, you know, just, like, A24, like, is kind of where a lot of my favorite films right now, like, like I'd say, like, pretty consistently throughout the last, like, five or so years, my top films of the year have been A24 films. Um, and um, Neon also also does really great. They just, they did Parasite. Um, they did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which is, um, was in theaters, but obviously now, no theaters are open right now. Um, but um, you can see Portrait of a Lady on Fire on Hulu, and I thought it was fantastic. Um, I've not seen that, but I heard good things. It's so, good. It's it's a watch that. Burn film, um, beautiful cinematography, really good writing, great performances. There's like three people in the whole film, so 
it's like I love I love seeing a thing like the lighthouse or because like right now I'm trying to write a feature with as few like cast members and as few like because I want to do it for basically nothing um <clears throat> and so seeing something like the lighthouse or portrait of a lady on fire or even parasite like which like they obviously had a budget but it's still like very small cast very like small it's simple. a very condensed film it, yeah it, it's clear that it didn't have a huge budget obviously it's not a blockbuster but i feel like that's just a testament to how like little you need to make an impactful film yeah like the lighthouse is like one location two people kind of three um parasite was like what like eight people two locations like and it, you know winning best picture is not necessarily the the most prestigious thing i think right now in film at the oscars or whatever but like to capture it 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 blew me away it was one of my top five of last year and so i love that that's kind of like i'd love to see more uh high profile actors in very low budget movies like that makes me think of uh what was it called night rider with uh, jake gyllenhaal yeah, that movie is amazing, and it had such a little budget, and it was the dude's like very first, uh, like film. Whoever directed it, I forget his name, but that was one of my favorite films that year. And it was just Jake Gyllenhaal being an insane dude, and it was just a fantastic story. Yeah, I uh, yeah night night yeah 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 that was Jake all the yes all the yes Jake Gyllenhaal is is awesome. I feel like. Cause it's like people, I think that like he Night kept, Crawler, that was the name. Nightcrawler. Yeah. 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 Cause it was like, is it an X-Men movie? It's like, no, no, it's not a movie. Yeah. Um, Knight Rider felt right, but I was wrong. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't made a Knight Rider movie though. Like all the, I'm going to make it right now. There you go. I mean, you could, you could, I feel like if you did like the cool vaporwave eighties aesthetic with Knight Rider, I feel like you would be able to knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Ryan Gosling, if you're watching this, I want you, please. You I know it'll be a complete knockoff of Drive, but I need you, man. <laughs> or that could be, that could be a, get like, is it the Midnight? I like, get the them. artists that I like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love them. Just go, go all out, Vaporwave, Knight Rider movie. Totally. I'm still mad that you know uh, Tyler Lyle. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and you haven't made a music video with him yet. Yeah, we tried. We tried when we were in college. Um, we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. We both it just never quite lined up. Um, and then uh, he came out with Werewolf, um, which was like once he got out to LA, like he really kind of like took off and everything. Um, and mm-hmm. I was, man, Werewolf is such it's it's literally just him and like a bunch of people in the back of a truck just like playing the song. And it's just really good. It's really that's cool. But yeah. But uh, back to you. So, do you remember? Do you remember the very first film you made? Uh yeah. Um. Yeah, I, uh, my friends and I, we would we would in I got I got a camera in sixth grade. Um, and I was on a Halloween kick. Like I could not get enough of the Halloween movies. Um, and we made 
our own. Like I had like the Michael Myers mask and costume and we made our own Halloween movie and it was completely silly. Like it was, we were like, I, I was in like this weird place where I was like super inspired by Monty Python and like bad horror movies. Not that Halloween is a bad horror movie, but there's, there's two good, there's three good Halloween movies and that's Halloween one, Halloween three and the most recent Halloween. So but I, I just I, at, at the time I was just in love with like bad horror movies. I didn't even realize that they were like it wasn't like an ironic thing. I, just, I genuinely thought they were good because um, I was in sixth grade. Um, so we made it was like Monty Python does Halloween, but also like we're sixth graders. So there's just a lot of like fart jokes and stuff like that. <laughs> my very first film was a. Uh, so I remember getting my camera and at my birthday party. Uh, we made this terrible video. It's still on the internet to this day. It was called Chicken Wars. And it was just a terrible Star Wars parody with chicken puns. It was so bad. It had little to nothing to do with chickens. There wasn't a single chicken in the entire film, but we thought it was the funniest thing ever. But we had fun making it. Yeah, that was like, we, we had a blast. Like, you know, if I were to show somebody our Halloween film, like I'd be embarrassed the whole time, but <laughs> looking back on it, like we had a blast. And actually what's funny is that probably like, I don't know, 15 years later or whatever. Um, one of the guys who I made that Halloween film with actually was the lead in numbers. <laughs> so really, that's yeah. cool. What's his yeah. name? His name's Philip. Um, he was an actor for a long time. Um, and I think he still does acting every now and then, but he actually designs escape rooms. Um, I just, I that's cool. Yeah. yeah. He's really great at it. He, uh, he did like this, like Phoebe's taxi escape that was like friends themed. And like the creator of friends was like, Hey, this is a great escape room. Like for like the 20th anniversary of friend or whatever. Um, but he's a, uh, he was like play director and an actor and a really good friend. Um, and it was really cool. Like, being able to make something that wasn't really bad with him. <laughs> we, made, we made a lot of bad, just, we had fun watching them. I think my parents were kind of grinning and bearing it. They were like, eh, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe. My parents did the same thing with my first films. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I think that that's like, you know, um, they, they never just outright were like, we don't think you're going to make it, but <laughs> I'm sure. I think my parents, they they were supportive of me definitely like there was never a moment my parents were like this is really bad do something else yeah uh, they were they were really supportive with like um pushing me in the right direction like hey like keep trying this like uh, and they would like reach out to people and be like hey my son's of like he wants to be a filmmaker can you help him out and i remember just doing anything that i could to be on a set or help someone out or edit a video. And those are like, those are good beginnings. And I'm still in yeah. the beginnings, I think. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm still there. Um, still yeah. figuring it out and, you know, happy for the last decade or whatever of professional work. But I mean, you know, I feel like I'm just getting started. So. When do you think will be your Mount Everest? Do you think you'll ever, do you see that coming anytime soon? I don't know. I do. I feel like, I feel like I'm closer every day. Um, 
I just sold my first feature. Um, hey, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Oh, really? He already good. told me that, but I wanted <laughs> to act. Surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel like it's such good news. Yeah, no, it feels really good. And like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'll like find myself thinking about it because like it, it doesn't super feel real. And it probably won't feel real to I'm like, I see it like on the internet or hold the DVD in my hand or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But um, we've been kind of grinding and, and just, you know, lots of long hours just getting um, the production company. It's called, uh, the film is called The Haunting of Grady Farm. And the production company or the, the distribution company that bought it is called uh, High Octane Pictures. And it's it's a small, like, low-budget um, film, and, and they buy a lot of, like, low-budget things. Um, but it's still, it's 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 a step it's like it kind of i guess feels like my duel um in a way so like hopefully the thing that comes next is my sugarland express and then the thing that comes after that might be my jaws i don't know so that's awesome man and uh you mentioned numbers earlier and numbers is finally available you posted it for the first time recently yep. uh, was there how long it had had it been sitting on your hard drive and you were just like yeah, i'm just gonna post it uh let's see made it a month after I got married, five years ago. So um, we made it, and it was it was in post for like six months or whatever. Um, and we tried to do like festivals and things like that. And so like there was still like some hangups about like posting it, and it was on Amazon Prime for like a little while. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, Amazon Prime's got a really great, or Amazon has a really great like independent. Um, um, filmmaker program um, and you can partner with them and, and kind of get your stuff on there. Um, I'm actually surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems great. like they'd be really greedy. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, it's you and you kind of like you determine like how much your thing is worth um, and you know, they take a good bit of it. But like for me, it wasn't so much about like, cause I mean, I was getting like, uh, you know, I think I've made a probably a total of like 10 cents, on that being on Amazon prime, but I was just happy to be like, yeah, you know, it's a thing you can put on your resume or a thing you can put on your IMDb or whatever, um, is, you know, got a short film on Amazon prime and it, they, they do have like a certain like criteria for how many views like per month and like, um, the, for a while, like it was hitting that criteria, but then, you know, I mean like it's, it's, it's a thing that, you know, independent shorts, they're not supposed to have like longevity. So like, I'm not surprised that like it got pulled because it didn't get enough views, but, and I'm not bummed, you know, cause that means that now I can, I can put it up, you know, it's on Vimeo and it's free and anybody can see it. So that's, that's, you know, that's, that's what I think the goal should be is that just making it so, you know, you want to get your stuff seen and you know, now people can see it. Uh, do you want to tell anyone like what it's about? Just give like a quick elevator pitch type of thing. Yeah, I'm bad at these. <laughs> um, it's about a guy who survived the Holocaust, and he is looking for the camp tattooist. So. He's looking for the guy who like put the numbers on his arm, basically. 
and that's why it's called the that's awesome dude um so you also i was also on on set for this but uh do you want to tell people about the film that hopefully is coming out soonish um yeah yeah um it's uh giving it's a really interesting story yeah giving you that what you do what? most is mm-hmm. it's a horror drama super inspired by kind of the a24 brand of horror filmmaking um the slow burn you know really high production um it's about who are trying to have a baby and they are pretty desperate. They turn to some pretty desperate, uh, they take some pretty desperate measures to have this baby and, Mm -hmm. um, it gets pretty crazy, very bloody. And if you watch the, the film, you might recognize where Matt is. Because we filmed a little bit in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is I. I am. I live. I live on set. <laughs> Matt lives on a real film set. It's worth a lot of money. All the time. I would love that. That'd be cool. Like to live on a film set or something. But yeah, in, in California. Or and so another inter- interesting aspect I think would be a really good discussion is uh the entire cast are females. Mm-hmm. Uh, when was that a conscious t- choice or? Were you um, like, um, oh, this this makes sense for uh, it to be an all female cast? Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a thing that when I was writing it, I was like, I don't know, it, I I didn't. I had the first draft. I wrote two different drafts, and there was a man in the first draft, but I was like, and not in like any like political way. And I mean, I, you know, I'm just gonna come out and say it. I'm pretty liberal, whatever. You know. <laughs> But like, I don't want like, um, but I, I, I do want to like, when I make films, I want to just, you know, make sure that they're like respectful for everybody and that, you know, women aren't just like, I'm in danger. Of course, all the women in this film are in danger, but, aren't um, we all? <laughs> yeah. but, um, I don't know. It just like writing that draft with like the man, I was like, it just didn't feel you know, I was like, am I brave enough to, to write? And not that I'm like some brave guy or whatever. Like it's, it's not about like being able to say, look what I did. It just, it just didn't feel like I was writing the right film. So when I did make it, I think it was Daniel and then it became Danielle. And I was like, it was all like, it was always Danielle. It's kind of like, you know, when you see a thing, you're like, Oh, it was always this, like, why was I ever thinking it wasn't this? Um, and then I, I had some friends read it and I was like, this is kind of what I'm thinking. And they're like, like they kind of agreed. They were like, yeah, it's, it's, it's Danielle. It's Danielle and Ariel. Like that's, that's who the characters are. So I was like, all right, cool. And that was like confirmation. Like, cause I, I mean, the thing I didn't want to do was, was be like, just like, like just be like, oh, I can write about, you know, I, I can write on all women film and, and then like have it like come out and people be like, yikes, maybe you should have done that. <laughs> um, you, you did not, you've done us no good. Um, I think it's a, it's a really respectful film and it empowers, I think it empowers women to a certain degree. It's not necessarily like a girl power kind of film, but it's kind of, it's like a very underlying theme without it being so blatant. So I think that was masterfully done, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. I hope to have it done, um, before the quarantine is over. (laughs) Whatever. So next year <laughs> and look forward in three years now, but I mean, I also, you know, I want to have, 
every time I finish like a film, like I want to have like a big like come together party premiere thing, and and obviously that's not happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I'm I'm not I don't want to rush it, and it's I mean it's 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 in the final stages, um, and so once it's done, you know everybody in the world will know, or at least you know people who follow me on social media will know, and we'll yeah. figure. Out a, a premiere and everything like that, and you know everybody and their moms will be invited. My mom might be invited. She also might not be. You know, she's gonna be invited, but she might not like it. It's you know, she's like, you should do a happy movie, and it is. <laughs> that sounds like my mom on it because uh, whenever I've made my horror films, um, she'll um, I don't expect her to ever watch it, so I never message her. But she always yeah. me- she'll message me and she'll be like, why don't you? do something, you know, more cheerful and happy. Mm-hmm. Like a, I remember being a kid and um, sometimes my mom would be like, Hey, I'm going to the rental store and picking up a pizza. Uh, do you want me to get you a game or anything? And I'd be like this game. And then she'd like call me or something and be like, uh, this looks really mean. Are you sure you want to get this? I'm like, mom, the only good games are mean. Look. Yeah. You gotta shoot people in games or something. <laughs> something like that. But uh, so they say sometimes done is better than perfect. Uh, do you hold that philosophy true with like your writing and your filmmaking? Yes, but it's it's also like I'm a perfectionist, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm deeply aware that my perfectionism is entirely stemmed from fear because I'm afraid mm-hmm. that like the thing won't be good. Like I'm afraid to show somebody something because I'm afraid that they're going to be like, this isn't good. Like the whole, like, like the whole time, like watching like numbers and we, we, we showed it in a theater and I was like, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. Uh, I, I should have fixed something and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> of course it ended up being, you know, fantastic. And, and it's like, you know, I tell people, I, I would tell people like, yeah, like just, just, finish it, get it done. But it's hard for me to sometimes like, just be like, okay, it's hundred percent done. Um, because it's, it's scary to show. I mean, I make films that are fairly, you know, vulnerable for myself. And so, um, it's scary to like invite people into that. Um, mm-hmm. because you don't, you know, like that was stupid. That was, I just, that's you're just and no one is ever even if somebody like doesn't like it like they're not going to come up to you and be like i didn't like that um so like there really should be like no fear in like like that but it's definitely like i've got a, a project um that has been going on for way too long at this point um it's called all things must pass and it's a series of shorts that are kind of like thematically similar um and a big part of the reason that it's not quite done yet is just because, like, I'm, like, kind of, like, afraid to be, like, okay, I'm done because I want, like, there's that drive inside me that's, like, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be flawless, and, and it needs to be, like, no, it needs to be, like, nobody can say that it, like, you know, wasn't, like, perfect or whatever. And, of course, it's, you know, there's no such thing as a perfect film. Um, and And we should be striving for, like, good storytelling and, and good, you know, think like, you know, we shouldn't have to worry about um, We should, sorry, starting over. Um, You're good. We, what we should be seeking is 
artistic satisfaction, not other people's praise. Um, but like, some, you know, it's, that's, that's like <laughs> easy for you to say, but it is like, that is ultimately like, that feels way better. Like having a thing made and done and out that you are proud of, um, that is way more important than like somebody being like, that was amazing. Um, obviously praise feels good. And like, you know, if you do a good job, you know, if I think that you've done a good job, I should give you praise, you know? Um, but ultimately it is like that, like deep inter internal, yeah. Internal satisfaction that is going to be what, what keeps like you creating art. Yeah! <laughs> whole crowd stands up. Have you ever had anyone just come up to you and flat out tell you like, yeah, that sucked. Have you ever had anyone just tell you flat out criticism that was uncalled for? Um, not, not like, not like your movie was bad. Um, mm -hmm. um, but, um, I did have somebody like at the premiere of numbers, like give me notes on it. And I was like, <laughs> not the place. Move on. Move on. And it was, it was he just hands you like a whole notebook and it's like all filled. It's like, I don't think you were watching the movie. <laughs> uh, it, it was just like, it was just like, you know, like to make it more effective, it could, and it's like, shut up. No, I, I, that was like, that was one of the like problems. Cause I was feeling really good. And, and, and so I was just like, like, it was one of the rare, rare times where I just kind of shut somebody down. Like, cause like, if somebody has like <laughs> something like I'm going to listen to you or, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, I was just like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> Not the time. Send me an email. It's like tonight is a celebration and just to talk about the film, not things that you found wrong or you think you could have done better. Yeah. So it's like I can point out you know, everything that I think is wrong with it. You know, that's 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 the other game we play is like 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 when when you watch like old films that you're like okay like because like we grow you know we we keep getting better mm -hmm. and we keep telling better stories and our visuals keep getting better and you know our editing keeps getting better so like yeah like being able to watch like an old film through the lens of like yeah i wasn't able to do the things i can do now back then um and not saying like oh man this isn't good because i'm better like it's like no this this is it's good you know let it be mm -hmm. good let it be done let it be good move on you know and you know people have asked me because i i post a lot, a lot of one minute films for like instagram and yeah um i i hope we get into this but the thunderdome challenges um and i, I actually had one of my buddies austin he was like when are you going to put out something longer and you know almost nothing that i put out last year was longer than four minutes yeah uh, everything was like either a minute um uh, our film, the the neighborhood was like, I think three and a half, maybe I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know what? This was kind of like me, you know, testing out things, trying out as many things as I could, and like I'm putting out. I'm hope I I filmed two documentaries recently, and I hope that you know I can finish them and just to show people like, hey, I can make something longer than one minute. Yeah. So it, it's just like my way of growing. And, uh, 
So I guess my next question is like, what's your process for looking, just sitting down and being like, I want to improve. This is how I want to improve. Uh, and then you just kind of like jump into it. Yeah, I think, I think I hope my question made sense. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it did. It's cause it like, okay. like, you know, I, I know that there's things that I could get better at and, and, you know, one way to definitely measure, like, if I'm getting better at something is, is like a drafting process, like where like the first draft is okay, cool. I see there, I see what I'm doing or, you know, and then the next draft is like, I, I, I can like pick up on like, Oh, I don't like, uh, so like, like a script, like I, I wrote a feature a couple of years ago. Um, and it went through like, I don't know, 12 drafts or something like that. Um, and like, yeah, like the first draft was really long. Um, not a whole lot of character development and maybe not the most realistic dialogue and kind of like going through. And then even like, like I think a big part of like the growth process and like to talk about the Thunderdome a little bit, um, is like sharing something that's unfinished with people that like you trust and to, to say, Hey, I would love to get like some feedback, like really good feedback on this. Like, like if there's something that you just straight up think is garbage, um, let's let, you know, let me know. Um, <laughs> thanks Chase. Me, me or Matt Chase. <laughs> keep going man <laughs> uh, uh, but so like you know when i finish like a draft i'll send it to some people that um that i trust like with with not only my films but also like my life like a guy like isaac um isaac Dietz, the the founder of the thunderdome and, and just a really great filmmaker really great friend really great human person um love that dude to death um, and a couple, by the way, he's going to be a guest on Friday, hopefully. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> but sorry, keep going. Yeah, that's awesome, man. He's 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 knowledgeable, and he can he's good at talking. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, sending it to people and just like like, and then like I, I sometimes I wanna hear their feedback in person to like see like like, okay, what were some parts that you really liked? And then they talk about those parts. And if they're like lighting up, I'm like, okay, cool. I've got something. And if they're like kind of reserved about something, it's like, okay, this is an area that needs to be fleshed out. And usually I kind of know what areas that need to be fleshed out, but it's nice to hear it from other people too. And that's every process. You know, if I've got like, like when I'm finally comfortable with people seeing, giving me that what you want most, I'll send it around to people and just kind of get some feedback. Just, you know, what are some areas like, like right now there's, there's a pretty complicated scene and right now it, it's just a lot of cuts and not the best cuts right now. And I'm aware of that, but once I kind of get that smoothed out and kind of send it to people, um, same thing with the, I'm, I'm trying to write a feature right now. Um, and you know, once I get like that first draft done, like I'll read it. Um, one of my biggest, people to read things is my wife um, because she's actually it's it's good I think to have somebody that you trust who's not a filmmaker because most of your audience is not filmmakers so you want to make sure that people who aren't filmmakers that it works for people who aren't filmmakers because that's 
95% of your audience, people who don't necessarily know all the ins and outs of filmmaking. Um, and my wife has picked up a good bit of filmmaking knowledge. You could actually probably make her own pretty good film, but, um, Lene is a great producer. She is she's a really great producer, really great assistant director, mom, band director, everything. Um, <clears throat> but, um, she she is able to be like this part doesn't really make sense because sometimes in your filmmaker brain you're like okay this will make sense and like even filmmakers will be like oh yeah i was able to see that going on but like an audience member might be like yeah i don't really follow that i don't really see what what you were doing with this or you know even like sometimes like this line's kind of like i i I remember like i feel like i always have like one like really weird line in like every script and i end up pulling it out because lene is like I don't understand why this line is in here. It's like, all right, cool. Then it does. It's you know, if it's not gonna work, it's not gonna work. I had lofty dreams for this line, but but yeah. So definitely like like um, I try to write as much as possible, and like I write a lot, like just a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas for films, stuff like that. Because I think that like film really does start in like the writing process. Um, so I think that, I think that good acting can elevate a bad script, but you'd rather have good acting, elevate a great script. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, bad acting can make a great script seem really bad, but it will be better than if you have a bad script, I guess. I don't know, but it's, it's good. I think like most of the time I see a movie and I don't like it, it's because I'm like, it's script level stuff. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's the easiest thing to do is get a good, uh, not that it's easy to write a good script, but it costs nothing to write a script. So like, I, like I get bad CGI and I kind of unfortunately get bad acting and I get like <laughs> editing stuff like that. But like bad writing, it's like, you have all the time in the world, like to write a script, like, you know, and it, it, you know, you don't have to worry about the budget for the script. You don't have to worry about, you know, it's, it's just, you don't need like, the budget for the script is the paper it's printed on. So you might as well like make it really good. I watched a film criticism on um, the beloved Seth MacFarlane's A Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> and uh, it's not my favorite movie in the world, but I watched a guy, he was talking about the script and he was like, it's really not that bad. Yeah. He said, it's just... Honestly, Seth MacFarlane, he did everything in the movie and he's actually a talented writer, mm-hmm. but he, his ego got in the way and he was like, I got to star in the film and direct and stuff like that. And then he like compared it to a scene with Chris Farley and it's the scene. I think it's in black sheep. Have you seen that movie? Uh-huh. Uh, the scene where he's like in the, in the office and he's talking about breaks and he's just like, stop and so he played that scene and he was like he's like if i were to type that out it's not that funny that's all in the performance like chris farley like gave it his all in that performance to make to elevate the script and i think that's a great example of you know how you know a script or bad acting or good acting can elevate a decent script so Mm -hmm. and my favorite one of my favorite films of all time is ghostbusters and I read the script a few or months ago and I was like, it's really not that great. Like it didn't blow me away, but 
obviously I was reading it from the perspective of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to read this and I'm going to laugh just as hard as I did at the film. Right. And to my surprise, it was just like a very standard script. It wasn't bad. Yeah. It was just kind of like, really? This is it? Yeah. <laughs> I feel that way like about comedy because like it's hard to write comedy. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then like if you give like something to a comedian, like like who knows what they wrote for like Chris Farley just completely losing his mind, <laughs> you know. They probably with- literally wrote Chris Farley loses his mind. Yeah. But like, or even like, you know, communicating like a visual gag or something like that. Like one of my favorite gags in Ghostbusters is where they're on the elevator and they power up for the first time and everyone starts like, like kind of scooting away from, I think it's, I think, I think it's a Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Like they turn on uh, Dan Aykroyd's proton pack and then they start like, subtly like you know, <laughs> oh yeah i know what you're talking about if you if you read that you're like okay yeah that makes sense but their performance like it's it's one of those things where i i think the first time i noticed it was actually like i know ne- i never noticed it as a kid because i think i was just like ghostbusters yeah but like <laughs> as an adult you start to like really like watch films um and like absorb like what's going on um and seeing them, I was like, oh my, like what? And, and who knows, like, like that might not have even been in the script, but it was just like them to be like, yeah, this is like, you know, it's the idea of like, you're stuck in an elevator, which is very small. And if something goes wrong, like there's no chance of, you know, any, there's still kind of like, it's that funny, like, it's just, it's a funny moment. And I mean, Ghostbusters is full of things like that. Cause I mean, like, what it's if- also like, it's just funny because <laughs> like backing up four feet in an elevator will do nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, these are like, these are like the smartest people on like, like, and I love that it's a film about like smart people. Like they're not like idiots. They're not like, mm-hmm. oh, Ghostbusters. you know, like they're, they're like smart people, but they made like smart, funny and it's a smart movie. It's a funny movie, but it's yeah. funny. That- and they do a good job of like showing the characters that they're smart mm-hmm. and that, lets the writers be like, okay, they can do, they can be dumb in these moments. Exactly. Like them backing up in the elevator or Bill Murray's like wise cracks. Like, uh-huh. I mean, if you didn't watch the beginning of the movie and you watch like, you know, certain scenes on YouTube, you might be like, Bill Murray's kind of a, he's dumb. <laughs> and then you, but as a whole, you're like, Bill Murray's a genius <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. He's great. And mm-hmm. he's so, I mean, like, like what a, what a great, cast coming together like you know bill murray dan Aykroyd, ivan ivan reitman directed it um harold ramus and then like sigourney weaver who is not like a comedic actress like and of course and she's like, funny in it she's yeah. really good there is no or there is no, <laughs> like, all you know all that all that like it's such a it's such a great mm-hmm. and like i love the concept because like i love in in 2020 we're like super used to the concept of ghostbusters but like i'm imagining like the pitch beating and it's like imagine like bug exterminators like they're like roach killers but they're doing it for ghosts and i i think that's like what a what a great like i feel like that's all they had to say in the studio was like here take <laughs> all of this there's a really good like documentary on like the making of ghostbusters um on the- i want to watch it now i didn't even know that existed yeah 
the movies that made us on Netflix, they, they have an episode on Ghostbusters and it's, Oh my gosh. It's really awesome. interesting. Like how they made it and built it and, and like all the stuff they went through to, to kind of get it off, off the ground. And, uh, speaking of, uh, visual gags, one of my other favorite ones in, uh, in Blues Brothers, I literally have the poster right up here in my room. I, it's my favorite comedy ever. Um, it's uh, it's Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. They're like walking down the street, and it's like kind of like a quick little montage. And the it's playing this like really cool like blues riff. It's going like do 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 and then you're just like in your mind, these guys are the coolest dudes of all time. And they're going back to their apartment. Carrie Fisher pulls out a rocket launcher, shoots the apartment down, and all all comes tumbling down. The Blues Brothers like emerge from the debris. The music's completely cut out. No words are spoken. They just kind of, yep, do, 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 do. <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And I, I kind of want to do like a, a video essay on that. Like, talk about. I, I almost want to recreate that scene and call the video like. Uh, how a modern comedy would have done like this scene. And in my eyes, a, a modern comedy, Carrie Fisher, same scene. She shoots the, the building down blues brothers emerge and they, but instead of walking off and being, you know, way more subtle, they go, Oh my God, what the was that? Holy crap. What's going on? What are we doing here? Who did this? And they do that for five minutes. Yeah. That's what a modern comedy, but like, I don't know, like it feels like older comedies were the Kings of subtlety. Oh yeah, no. It's like it's like subtle, very visual. You know, because mm-hmm. like humor, humor does change. But like, if you can get like a comedy from like a couple years ago that is, and Blues Brothers absolutely stands the test of time. It's it's my favorite. It's not my favorite comedy, but it's my favorite musical movie. It's not like a musical musical, but like so instead of saying musical, I would say like music music movie or whatever. Um, and I mean, you know, it's it's Chicago, and and so every time I watch it, I get a little bit. Uh, homesick for chicago but yeah i love i mean like i love like i forgot those in chicago yeah yeah they're awesome. uh, the address they give is the address to wrigley field like like <laughs> you know and, and like cubs fans like hear that and they're like wait a second like and then of course there's the gag where like the cops all pull up to wrigley field and there's <laughs> you know like the mall chase like you know driving a high-speed chase and a, through a shot. Also the most brilliant product placement in movie history. Just, oh, hey, watch out for, <laughs> you're going to hit this. That's so, that's just genius. Like, it's oh. almost like looking straight at the camera and being like, these guys are sponsoring us. This is how <laughs> we're able to afford this chase scene. And it's so expensive. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love it. I love it. I would, I... And like, it handles... It handles cool. It handles absurdism so well. I'm looking at the camera. I am too. I'm sorry. My buddy Heath told me to look at the camera right now. What do you want from me, Heath? (laughs) But yeah, like it's such a great comedy dude. And, uh, Oh yeah, another one that you mentioned to me a while back was Annie Hall, and I still have never even seen that. Uh, what's so great about that one? I think that as a writer, Annie Hall is is very um, appealing to me. I think that Annie Hall is the best script ever of and comedy. Mm-hmm. Comedy, I think it's the best written film ever. 
Um, and it just, it goes places and it does things that like, I guess you could say like takes balls to, to do. Um, um, I don't want to give anything away, but I just, I just, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's probably, it's gotta be on one of the streaming services or, you know, two bucks or whatever. Um, Surely the only, literally the only thing, two things I know about it is, you know, Woody Allen made it and wrote it uh-huh. and it beat star Wars at the, for best picture that year, Yeah, which is mind blowing. I didn't know that until a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, and, you know, walking away, like obviously star Wars found more of an audience and found more legs or whatever, but like mm-hmm. any hall is, is a, wonderful script and it's it's funny and it's it's silly and it's like super smart um it breaks the fourth wall a couple times which is always like like if you can get like really smart like fourth wall breaks in your film um because it like on paper annie hall is like about a couple who like they date and they break up and it's kind of just about that and it's like oh that's every movie ever um but there's a whole lot more to it than just like the couple like dating and breaking up. And then it's, it's, I think. What would you say is a smart, like how do you do a fourth wall break, you know, cleverly and with good taste? Cause I feel like it's, it's starting to get overdone, especially with like the popularity of Deadpool. Sure. Yeah. And Deadpool actually like, cause you expect it and it's kind of obvious. Like, like I remember when Deadpool like I'm gonna sound like a, a art jerk for a second, but like I I got like pretty into Deadpool like before like the movies came out, and it was like this like it was kind of fun to be on the inside with Deadpool, and now like every like I think Deadpool's fun. Like I've seen I've seen them. I've only seen each one once, um, but they were they're fun. Um, but um, like. You kind of, I think, I think a really great fourth wall break happens when you don't expect it. And with Deadpool, like it's like you go in, and unless you don't really know the character Deadpool, then you're like, oh, we're gonna get lots of fourth wall breaks. It's gonna be like basically like an interactive movie where like you know, it's like Deadpool turns the camera. And it's basically like, hey guys, I'm Ryan Reynolds, and this is a movie, you know. Whereas like, you know, and I, I don't know if the advertising for Andy Hall was like, Oh, by the way, you're going to get some fourth wall breaks. <laughs> but like, there probably was little to no advertising for that movie. Yeah. It was probably just like, you know, a trailer that was like any hall coming this summer, something like that. Dude, um, old movie trailers are so weird. <laughs> like, have you seen the, the original one for star Wars? Yeah. It has like nothing to do with star Wars. It's just like yeah. star Wars coming to a galaxy near you. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Weird voice. A ragtag group of people save the universe. <laughs> Summer 1977. I think that's where like the cheesy movie voice came from was those time periods. In a time. <laughs> yeah. Now but, if you do that, your movie probably won't do well. It's like, uh, you almost have to spell out the plot in the trailer now. Yeah. You need a lot of like... <laughs> Boom. One last, one last slow shot. Um, My favorite sound effect is like the really subtle. It sounds like it has a low pass effect on it. It goes. Mm. Oh, 
that's like the new time or like the, the the single the single piano note oh it'll go like mm-hmm. it was a time <laughs> i think avengers endgame did that and it was awesome yeah we're actually we're 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 watching through all of the uh marvel movies during during the lockdown we uh we just hit iron man 3 and it was a lot of fun it's fun it's fun i mean like i i you know they're not my favorite movies but they're a lot of fun and i enjoy them they're good day movies and they're good like have fun why you know popcorn movies they're, they're fun popcorn movies and and they're they're not brainless so yeah i me and chase were talking about this the other day but or actually literally today we were talking about Endgame. Somebody tweeted uh, the spoilers, but Captain America gets Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's one of my all time favorite scenes. Yeah. Just cause like the, just the emotion in it. Like, I don't think I've ever stood up in a theater and applauded. Like normally if anyone claps for a movie after the movie's over in a theater, I'm just like, please die. I hope you trip over this whole staircase and you die. But that was the one time that I was like, I'm joining everyone in applause because that was just like an experience. Yeah. And but the conversation I was having with Chase is like, uh, Marvel movies get a lot of shit because, you know, especially with the whole Martin Scorsese thing saying they're not cinema. In my opinion, they're just as much cinema as Taxi Driver or anyone or any other movie. But like, movies are supposed to give you emotion and they're supposed to make you feel something. And almost every Marvel movie, except for like Iron Man two and Thor, the dark world and Captain Marvel, they all like made me feel something. Mm-hmm. And Endgame is like no exception. Like yeah. that movie. I think I, I just, the whole time. yeah, it was, it's just a ride. And I love that. It, yeah. You can make fun of that. They're the most successful movie franchise or, they're not artistic like A24 or Martin Scorsese, but I think they're still films and they deserve respect. In my opinion, they're well-made and people put a lot of love and a lot of time into them. Yeah. Well said. Thanks. And now, and now sports. <laughs> Have you seen John Krasinski's uh, some good news? I have not, but um, I'm, um, for potentially obvious or not obvious reasons, I obviously want, I, I would very much like to watch the most recent one. Um, it's really good. Yeah, I saw, I saw um, the, uh, like, the scrolly clip on silent, and it was like, it started with, like, uh, I'm trying to think of their names, but I mean, it, you know, seeing all the Hamilton cast, like, sign in and you know sign in and yeah, sign in and, yeah that does happen and it is one of the best things i've seen all year it's really yeah. sweet I, I really but uh like, man. the the reason i randomly thought of it was uh <laughs> there's a part where john krasinski's like and now robert de niro with the weather and it just cuts to robert de niro and he's just like looks pretty good and then it just cuts back to john krasinski <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the other thing I think you'll appreciate this is uh, you can tell John Krasinski is just full dad now because almost all of the good news that he reports, like, or not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with like parents and, you know, raising small children in a house 
and right. it's really sweet. It's just, it's a good distraction from all the shit that's going on in the world. Sure. We need that. We need that. So I'll probably check those out. Feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's always a great thing. Um, Howard, let's talk about your family. So yeah. I know that's your favorite subject, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're good. So how are you guys holding up during this whole thing? Yeah, we're holding up. Um, you know, I mean, we're both still working um, and then having a, a small baby who is like, she's in like full on explore mode, um, but she isn't quite balanced. So like she can stand up with like support for like a few moments. Um, but then of course she falls and if she falls in the wrong way, she kind of hits her head or hurts herself. And it's just, it's, it's definitely, you know, finding the balance of like getting work done and making sure that my daughter doesn't fall off of something. Um, she, you know, she doesn't understand why mom and dad are home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and I'm happy to like not have a daughter who like, you know, is like, I, I, I really feel for like people who have like older kids who are like, what if we get it? What if, you know, and because like, like the parents are probably thinking those exact same questions, but they have to like stay strong. I mean, like I definitely have a lot of anxiety. It's like, every time I come out, I'm like, what if I, what if, the, what if somebody coughs on me or, you know, so, you know, um, but just kind of, that is a scary thing. Like, yeah, I, I try my best not to go to Walmart or anything. I mean, me and Chase literally went to target today to grab something, yeah. but it sucks that people are still downplaying this and not taking it seriously and yeah, just prolonging things being closed and things shutting yeah. down. So I'm, I don't understand it. It's, it's just like, man, I want to go out, but like, why can't I go out? <laughs> like, just don't go out. Like just, <laughs> it's not that hard. Start your own internet talk show. Yeah. Do exactly what I did. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm definitely like, antsy to get back to mm -hmm. normal life but i want to do it in like a smart and healthy way um and you know i mean like my wife is a teacher um and they have officially decided to move to online classes for the rest of the semester like they're not gonna open up the schools um, i do not think she's her school is alone in that i think a yeah. lot of schools are doing that i think i think i mean i know that there was a couple of states that just they were just like we're doing it on the plug. Ah. Um, Georgia was a little bit slow. Georgia's a little slow on everything. That's okay. You know, <laughs> I get, I don't know. It, I mean, I guess, I guess for this kind of thing, it might not necessarily be okay. Um, but that's another conversation for another time. But, um, you know, and it's been, it's hard. My wife is, you know, you can, you can learn math. I'm, there is always going to be a challenge of like trying to learn something when you're not in the room with the person teaching you. Um, mm -hmm but you can learn math, you can learn science, you can learn like literature, language arts or whatever. In that way, um, you cannot learn band. You cannot, you know, on, like you can't learn trumpet online. I mean, you, there, you know, maybe, but like you can't learn like ensemble trumpet online. You can't learn like, you know. Everybody that. play now in the Zoom meeting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know she's gonna have her work kind of she's she's able to 
give assignments, but basically like, you know, they are missing on basically two months of, of, you know, classroom instruction for band, um, while still keeping, you know, assignments mm-hmm. with that. But, you know, she's going to have a tough time come August to be like, all right, where did we, you know, we're, this group of people is going to be two months behind, you know, every other group of people that she's going to have, like, you know, and, and every, everybody, you know, I, I think that like, there's like policies out there that are like, we're, you know, you can't fail kids right now because it's, it's tough. It's hard. Um, you know, parents are, it's just, there's just a lot of, you know, craziness and, and things are, I don't know, things are hard and, and, you know, it's going to take a minute to, to get back into, you know, whatever. And, and who knows if things are ever going to be whatever the same is or normal or whatever, you know, I guess we're going to have There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Yeah. And for some people, that's their biggest fear is uncertainty and seeing that fear come alive, like all across the world is, is honestly insane. Even for me, like I'm, I mean, me and you, we work at the same place and it seems pretty secure right now. And, but you know, it's not 100% secure. Right. Um, I think just about any job is like, there's no 100% secure job. But everybody who's working from home right now is working with like, when's it? Yeah. Just kind of waiting for the hammer to drop or whatever. Like, when's it all coming? Yeah. So, I mean, I pray that doesn't happen to anyone. I know a lot of people have been laid off. Mm -hmm. A couple of my friends have texted me and they're like, Hey man, just got laid off. You know, anywhere I could work. And that's just such a scary text to get. It's just, yeah. People got people got to pay bills and people got to live. Like you need money to live. Yeah. So I'm. I hope this is a lesson learned for America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want to get political with this whole thing. Fair. We were talking about movies and Jaws and Ghostbusters. Let's go back to that. <laughs> to, to kind of like give like a positive. Ca- I, don't, I mean, you know, I don't know how positive people are going to be, but like, like right now mm-hmm. people are turning to the arts and and. In the Great Depression, um, the movie industry, I'm sure it struggled a little bit, but it didn't fold in on itself because people still were like, stuff is hard right now, but you know what? I'm going to go see a movie because I don't want to think about my troubles for two hours. Um, So, like... And we're in a golden age of content, like... Yeah. I mean, please be healthy with your consumptions, but, you know, we're we're at a place where you could literally distract yourself for an entire day and weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, what's beautiful about what we can do. And I live in a house with five people. Like we're, we're trying to make more content, like while we're here just to make art and be creative. But a lot of artists there feel, they feel stuck because I mean, a lot of people live at home. Thankfully you have an amazing star in your house. You're, child like she can you can make 600 films and i think people would watch them cute baby <laughs> i should i should make like a documentary about like growing up growing up a baby during during the corona that would be really do like a boyhood kind of movie just make it a 20-year movie with uh, evelyn that would be amazing <laughs> get together every every year yeah I've I've actually have not seen that movie too. I didn't even know if it was it good. I liked it. I liked it. It was interesting. 
Um, it was very interesting. It was almost more of like a, a documentary than like a film. But, but I mean, really? it, was, it was scripted. It was, you know, but it's just like, because there's not like a narrative to it necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. So much as the narrative is like, watch this guy grow up, like go from being, you know, two years old or whatever. I don't remember exactly where it starts, but, you know, go from, I mean, you, you, you watch the growth, you watch the change. And, and so like, that is kind of like the story is like, like him coming to like maturity, but like, it's not like, you know, here's the conflict, here's the resolution kind of thing. It's just sort of like its own, it, you know, and it's, it's interesting, like when it changes and there, you know, like, like, wow, that year changed a lot or whatever, but like, there is like, there is like, it's, it's really well made and it's really well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, for me, it was very relatable, um, you know, cause I was roughly like close. I was a little bit older than, than the character was, but still like very much like grew up in like that same, like nineties, two thousands period. So it was like, this looks like my growing up, you know, and you know, going to school and like, yeah. You know, so yeah, I liked it. I, cool. I recommend it. Bay, hey, let's. Uh, I think we're going to start wrapping this up, but I think let's just wrap it up by like, what are you what are you watching right now during this quarantine? Give me give me five things you think everybody should watch during this crazy time. Um. Well, obviously, I've seen Tiger King. I have not. I need to watch that. It is. It's a wild ride. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. We're watching through the MCU. Um, that's, that's been a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, I am kind of on my own watching Monty Python's Flying Circus. Um, I've never just gone through and watched the whole series. Um, so I'm Mm -hmm. a couple episodes into season two and I'm loving that. And then, uh, um, I've started watching, it's, it's like, sort of like if they turned Animaniacs into like a superhero um, it was like a 90s TV show called Freakazoid um, so yes I, I love that show Freakazoid yeah. Freakazoid Freakazoid yeah I've been I've been watching I've, those I'll, are some of the best theme songs oh yeah yeah Animaniacs Freakazoid Pinky and the Brain all three bangers yeah just Warner Brothers just knew what they were doing back then oh yeah so yeah, those are some really good picks. Um, but Matt Dixon, everybody, uh, if I had an, a sound effects little panel thing, I'd play a pause for you, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, go check out his stuff. Like numbers is available. Uh, is there anything else you want people to watch? Um, pretty much everything is on idiomotionfilms.com. That's my production company. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's it. Cool. Well, dude, I had a, I had a really good time. Hope I can have you on a, again in the future. This yeah, was fun. I'm more so this felt, it felt like we were actually hanging out. Yeah, it really did. So now we can actually hang out after I hit end, end broadcast. You can tell me everything you didn't want to say on this. Stream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. See you later, man. See you, man.